This is Geek Gab with your hosts, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, July 13th, 2019. Can you believe this year is almost halfway? Is over halfway through? It's incredible. Time flies when you're streaming. I wish I had something deep and profound to say at this point upon the nature of time and the fleeting, uh, fleeting consequences thereof, but I don't. Except that, man, that went by fast. Yeah, sure did. It's summer out of nowhere. And I've only seen like three movies this year in the last six months. Hey, that's normal, oh. right? No, four. I've seen four movies. I've seen the three Marvels and John Wick. Because how could you miss John Wick? Yeah. Nope. Uh, That's normal. Movies movies are like a second half of the year sort of thing, right? They start with the summer blockbusters and... I mean, I feel kind of lucky because three of those four movies were good. (laughs) <laughs> so, that's uh, yeah that's Hollywood for you that's lucky um, yeah but I'm thinking man we haven't done a lot of movie shows because we haven't been going to a lot of movies have we talked yeah. about movies that you've seen that I didn't see no no I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen any movies either I've been racking uh, my brain trying to think of what we have talked about and I can't remember any of it Well, we've got a whole list of episodes on YouTube you can go back to, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's actually, I think I said this last week on the show, <clears throat> it's becoming harder and harder to talk geek culture, pop culture, because there's less and less of it worth consuming, <laughs> to be frank. Oh, dude. I just I made a big mistake yesterday and today. Oh no, no. You didn't you, you didn't go to Taco Bell, did you? No, no, no. No. Uh I watched a TV show from the 70s. Did you? And a real one, not that 70s show, which is a TV show from the 2000s. Yeah, no, a real 70s show. It's uh it's called Black Sheep Squadron. Uh it's about a bunch of uh, marine pilots in World War II. Okay. Uh, that, but that's a strange name. Is it? Is it like a satire or a comedy? Or or did we lose Daddy Warpig's mic altogether? I think that's what happened. We may have to we may have to restart this up at a later date. I'm back. What? I'm back. Just just as I was giving up on life, <laughs> you saved it. Were you listening live? No, no, no. We we had a power spike here, so that's incredible. It had we, to have been something like that. The internet went. I, can we really be blamed for that? Is that even a technical? problem for the show if like it isn't even there's nothing to do with us nothing to do with our computers it's entirely the problem of the city's power grid it's it's still part of the geek gab our our reach extends far out (laughs) i was just i was just talking uh I was just talking to myself and Brad Walker in chat about uh, good omens while while we were waiting. I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna go close my door now that everything's back up. Be right back. <laughs> All right. Oh. 
So I, I just come to the a horrible realization over the past few minutes. All right, I'm back. Um, did, did, did you hear the horrible realization I came to? No, I didn't. What was the horrible realization? I just realized that if I had to do my the show myself, I would have nothing to say. Oh, because you haven't done anything this week? <laughs> yeah. So no, like, we, were, we, were, we were talking about, uh, since we were talking about streaming shows, we were talking about Good Omens. Yeah, I, I watched that. Oh, you did. You did. I watched the first episode. I, I was just uh, explaining. I'll give you the short version. Um, the 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 casting was really cool, but uh, the first episode I didn't think was very funny, so I I did not choose to pursue it any further. What did you think? Several people I know liked it. I was not a big fan. Hmm. Um, I, as with several streaming servicey things they're coming out of big tech from silicon valley and so they're putting the requisite um bizarrely woke spin on stuff that just isn't in the original material and doesn't really need to be there um no, I'm not familiar. The original is a, a book written by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, so I had I had very high expectations for the the quality of the material. I'm I'm I, guessing I'm guessing the jokes that landed were written by them, and and everything <laughs> that I didn't like was added by someone <laughs> at Amazon. I, I can confirm, having read the book like four or five times, uh, I can confirm that the jokes that really worked were by and large uh, Gaiman and Pratchett's material. The jokes that didn't work were Amazon add-ins, and there was way too much of them, and and a lot of them weren't necessary. I mean, the original material, a lot of times when you're adapting a work, you can look at a joke and tell, hey, you know what? That was necessary. It was necessary. You had to go off and kind of do that differently there so you understand that completely makes sense. But a lot of times in this material, there were things that were – taken out that didn't need to be taken out. There were things that were left in that should have been taken out. And then there's a lot of things that were put in that just didn't need to be there. Um, Jokes or ideas like, for example, in the climax of the book, the four horsemen of the apocalypse Death, famine, war, and pollution. Um, Pestilence retired after the discovery of penicillin. (laughs) So the four horsemen of the apocalypse meet up in a club in England. A pub, excuse me, a pub in England. And they also meet... um, Four biker toughs, four thug bikers, and the four thug bikers decide to ride along with the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and they decide to become the four lesser horsemen of the apocalypse. (laughs) And so rather than war and death, and famine and pollution, they choose different names, like grievous bodily harm. (laughs) That's cute. So it's an amusing sequence, and I really enjoyed it. But it would add a lot of time to the show and not necessarily add a lot of humor to the show, so they left it out. I get that. Maybe I might have liked to see it, but I, I get why they left it out. Uh, sure. Uh, although, interestingly enough, I, I'd like to know how much is is meddling because I have just confirmed on IMDb that Neil Gaiman actually wrote the script for the miniseries. Did he really? Yeah. So I, I think um, it, perhaps many of those decisions were his. Huh. So there you go. Pokes a hole right in your theory. Balloon deflated. Um, Well, it just means that, I mean, they wrote this book like 20 years ago. mm -hmm. 
Maybe more. All right. Um, it just means that the Neil Gaiman of 20 years ago made better decisions about this book than the Neil Gaiman of today did, which is absolutely possible. Um, when writers go back and revisit work that's 20 years old, very often they make bad decisions about the material. Um, one, good- one of the things that really worked for me was uh, John Hamm as Gabriel. Uh, I thought that was a great casting, and and at least in the first episode, the character's great. Just the the total, you know, alpha jock guy going, yeah, I'm not I'm not putting up with your, your nonsense. <laughs> um, I, I I loved the book the first time I read it, and it is one of those books that is. It, it kind of wore out its welcome the more I've read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the first time I read it, I absolutely loved it. Oh, great, great. Well, I'm well, I'm glad you enjoyed the show, even if it wasn't perfect. I'm I'm glad that because I I didn't like it enough to continue, but I never read the book. If <laughs> I didn't like it at the end. I mean, at, at the end, I had kind of a negative impression of the show. Hmm. But even knowing that, I would have still watched it because I did like the book so much. And I, I've i read it several times over the course of however long it's been since I, I, I bought it. I was stuck downtown uh, in Salt Lake City uh, waiting for a bus. And so I wandered into a bookstore uh, on the corner of a building. I think it was a Deseret book here in Salt Lake. And uh, I wandered in, looked at some books, and I saw a book called Good Omens by Gaiman and Pratchett. And I bought bought it because it looked interesting. Um, and this would have been less than 15 years ago. Uh so in that time, I've read it several times. I've really enjoyed it a lot. And so I would have watched this again, even if I had known that people gave it kind of a bad review just because I wanted to see it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so it was one of those things. Um, but yeah. Well, you had the, you, you had our, our audience really excited about Black Sheep Squadron. Yeah, I was doing a bit. So <laughs> the, the, yeah, the power loss ate your bit. You know, I think for the in the first time in the history of Geek Gab, uh, I may have to go back and actually edit the episode because <laughs> yeah, that's going to be real awkward to listen to later. Just stop talking. Just bam. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Um. Do it straight without the bit. The fact is, I, I watched the first three episodes of Black Sheep Squadron, and they were they were just so darn fun. They were entertaining. They were meant to be entertaining. They didn't have any awkward, stilted dialogue where they were trying to talk around social issues or. You know, they had female nurses in the show and, and they weren't trying to respect the women and they just didn't have any political correctness. Um, and it was just pure entertainment. And again and again and again, I'm thinking as I'm watching these, these episodes, uh, two things. The first one is is that this is absolutely the perfect setup to a um, to a TV series, to a, a, a drama dash comedy series, a dramatic series with a little bit of comedy thrown in. Um, and, and this this series should have been a major hit. Um, the material was there. The actors were there. 
they just missed a bit on the execution, at least for the first three episodes. Uh, and I, I hope to watch, you know, seasons one and two, and so I can report back on those probably on Twitter or whatever. Um, and they, if they made it just a little bit tighter, um, if they, uh, if they had edited it so the jokes landed just a little bit harder, it was nearly perfect, just absolutely entertaining. And it had the perfect setup to be an entertaining show. And this is one of those shows that should have lasted for like eight or nine seasons. Um, should have been a perennial. They canceled it after three seasons. Um, and, and one of the reasons why they captured it, ca- canceled it is because its original name was awful. Just terrible. Its original name was Baba Black Sheep. Oh no. No. Uh, and they could have called it the perfect name, which would have been Boynton's Black Sheep. Now that you're going to say that's that so awful. That would have worked a little better. Uh, the reason why Boynton's Black Sheep would have been great is because uh, Major Boynton was a Medal of Honor award winner. He was a, a World War II war hero, a combat veteran, his squadron, the Black Sheep, were all legitimate war heroes. During the time they were active in the South Pacific, they were the number one squadron in the Marines. So, and and this is in the 1970s, right? So it was just 30 years after the war. So everybody knew him or had heard his name. Oh. You know, it's it's like 40 years later now. But back then, people knew who Boynton was. They kind of knew who the black sheep were. Um, he was part of the common knowledge. Like, uh, so it would have been a little bit more topical. It would have been a little bit more evocative. Um and I think that would have grabbed people more than Baba Black Sheep. That just, I think that's a terrible, terrible name. Yeah, that's a bad name. Black Sheep Squadron might be, it is better, but still not strong enough. So I get the people who would say, oh yeah, Boynton is kind of a, you know, pain in the rear to say, but it's still, it's got name recognition and that's all you need. Um, so, Here's the thing about the show. This is what makes it great, is the premise is just mind-bogglingly awesome. Boynton, uh, during, right before World War II began, when the Japanese were attacking mainland China, the Chinese were paying for a bunch of American fighter pilots. So America wasn't in the war yet. But a bunch of Americans were in China defending them from Japanese bombers. Um, And they were mercenaries. Yeah. They got paid $500 for every zero they shot down. Well, Boynton was... uh, He had kind of a bad attitude. He... He was insubordinate. He was a huckster, had been in his entire life. And he was part of these um, these mercenaries. And the general who was in charge, uh, he shot down five zeros. So he became an ace, one of the first American aces in World War II, before the war began. <laughs> um, but the general said $2,500. The general refused to pay him. So he stole a plane and went to fly to Calcutta. Because in Calcutta, he had a commission to major waiting for him. He could get back into the Marine Corps at the rank of major. had been signed off by Admiral Nimitz. He's flying to Calcutta, and a couple of zeros, two zeros, jump him. And he fights them off. He 
He shoots uh, one down and unfortunately uses up the last of his gas. So he's forced to land and abandon this plane that he was going to sell in order to get the money back. Oh, jeez. So he has to, he landed in this Indian's field in the middle of their farm. They stick him on a truck, drag him into Calcutta, and he's told that he's only going to be a second lieutenant. And he's never, ever, ever going to see combat again. So through a series of deft maneuvers and con jobs and lying uh, and faking paperwork and misappropriating paperwork, he assembles a group of 20 pilots, all of whom were up for court-martial for drunken disorderly, assaulting an officer, stealing uh, scotch, various other uh, criminal offenses. He assembles this group of pilots, takes another group of pilots and gets them put into quarantine for two weeks, gets all of their planes transferred. Now, this is real. This really happened in the real war, World War II. Transfers them to an island, gets his commission back as a major, gets his pilot, uh, get, gets his pilots moved to this island and creates his own squadron and begins hunting zeros. That's amazing. <laughs> in their first uh, and so he has two weeks, the two weeks until those pilots get out of quarantine to actually put some kills on the board so they will know that he can do the job. Um, this other pilots who had it, they'd been for the previous like three months in combat, they'd had zero kills and six planes shot down. Six of their own planes had been shot down. Oh. So... He has his superior officer, the colonel, hates him and screws him over at every opportunity. The general who's above that colonel likes him and is willing to help him out now and then. But he has to produce. So he goes up in four planes and flies in a V formation. He's forbidden to go and escort bombers because escorting bombers uh, would let him get kills and the colonel doesn't want him to get killed. So he says nobody... Let's him do it. So he goes flying up in the air in the formation of bombers and then simulates the radio traffic of a bombing wing and the Japanese take the bait. <laughs> he, Just so he could shoot him down and make some money? <laughs> no, no, no. He, he can't make money anymore because he's in the Marine Corps. Oh, sure. He's not a mercenary. He's in the Marine Corps. But just so he can get some kills on the board, so he can say, he can show, you know, the brass, hey, look, we're good pilots. We've got a, you know, we've got a good uh, squadron here. So they send up a bunch of planes. And again, this is true. This really happened in their first combat encounter. They shot down 18 zeros and didn't take a single casualty. Wow. So they were good. They were really good. They were actually good, yeah. They were just, you know, bad people on the ground. Yeah, they were misfits. That's why they're called the black sheep. There's there's those sorts of loose cannons that you just point towards your enemy and hope. And hope, yeah. So they're on this island that has like a three-fourths completed runway. On the other side of an island, of the island, is a hospital with 30 nurses. They are misfits, all of whom were up for court-martial before Boynton denied all the court-martials. And he conned his way into command of a squadron He was supposed to be a major, and they were going to not let him be it, but he conned his way back into being a major, and he conned his way into racking up kills on the Japanese. 
His boss hates him, but his boss's boss likes him. Uh, that and, all seems reasonable. And yeah, that is such a glorious setup for drama, such a glorious setup for comedy, such a glorious setup. Just that situation, the way it's put together is brilliant. That is a story engine. Um, and, and should I go into the mechanics of that as to why it's so brilliant? I mean, it seems pretty, I mean, it seems clear to me. You've got a bunch of characters with motivations that are at odds with each other. You can write a hundred stories a year on that. That sounds great. Yeah. And his guys are screw-ups uh, on the ground. Just like you said, they're screw-ups on the ground. In the air, they're actually good at their job. Um, so if you need a complication for your story, boom, somebody screws up. Somebody does, yeah. Somebody decides to get angry and punch um, an MP. <laughs> somebody, you know, decides to go go off and try to romance one of the nurses, whatever. So many things that you can do in that situation. I mean, it's just brilliant how they set it up. And uh, like the second movie or the second episode, the first two episodes were the pilot. That was all the conning and stuff. To, the man cheated and conned and lied his way into command of a Marine fighter squadron. What's great about that is is most of the liars and con men uh, use all their abilities to get out of combat. Yeah. They, they, they would like to avoid getting shot at. <laughs> this guy used all of his tools of deceit to get himself a squadron of fighter pilots. Um, so they don't let people be fighter pilots at this time in the Pacific. Apparently they didn't want people being fighter pilots after the age of 25 because your reflexes slow down. Sure. But he was 35 and he was a better pilot than anybody else younger than him. Wow. Um, so all the people in his squadron started calling him grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Or Pappy, and that was his call sign from then on out, which was Pappy for Grandpappy. <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah, there's just so much, you know, and if you want something uh, good or bad to happen, a stranger comes and lands on the island. Maybe it's someone from the brass making trouble, or maybe it's just a visitor, um, you know, or a big bunch of zeros comes over, or... The Japs attend to attempt a landing. In an hour episode, you can fit so many fun things. In the second episode, um, the colonel who hates him cuts off all his supplies. And he can't fly without fuel. He can't shoot things down without bullets. And if he's not combat active for two weeks, they get thrown in the brig, whether it's you know, supplies or not. They're a combat unit who's not combat, who's not engaged in combat. That's it. So he finds the reg that says, hey, if they're on R&R, it doesn't count. Okay. Hmm. So while they're off on R&R, the guy who he stole the planes from <laughs> The other major and his pilots get sent to the island to take over the squadron again and fly it out. Wow. Only when they get to the island, Boynton has pulled the critical piece that every plane needs to fly out of the engine. <laughs> it's just a beautiful setup. Um, and then they executed it really well. And they've got a, a lot of great actors uh, of the time in it. Um, and I just, it was just so much fun. 
it wasn't, you know, it wasn't preachy. It wasn't dull and pedantic and plotting. They didn't, oh, they didn't stop and say, well, if you think about it, man, the real enemy is us. <laughs> it just. Yeah. It's no, pure... no revisionism there. It's just, just fun. Just, just a real story about what happened. And, and I'm looking at it and thinking, man, when did entertainment stop being just fun? To, to, to where even entertainment that doesn't like push politics or whatever is still kind of stilted, is still tap dancing around all these social issues. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying everyone's wrong about social issues or whatever, but entertainment is literally the worst place in the world to try and force feed the right answers to people. Because you make crappy entertainment. This is a show that got canceled after three seasons. Right. This, this is the bad show. This yeah. is one of the bad shows from that era. And they were, it was, a, it's just brilliant. Um, so I don't know. I just, I loved the hell out of the first. And I'm not saying they're absolutely perfect. They've got their flaws here and there. But it, it, it also some that I think, some of it is the fact that as we, as I've gotten older and older and editing is sped up, I've gotten used to a higher pace of editing. Like we were just mentioning John Wick and <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you're used to that kind of frenetic pace, it's a little bit harder to go back to a slower paced movie. But uh, that's not a knock on um, Black Sheep Squadron. Um, it just means that I need to adjust to that when I watch the show. It's like, okay, this is a little bit slower. It's not their fault. They're not doing anything wrong. That's what it's supposed to be, and that's the time it came from, but... I just I enjoyed the hell out of watching both of those episodes. Love it. So, man, I wish this show had gone to seven seasons because they certainly had the setup and the actors to do it. Um, and I wish uh, I wish we still had the same sense of fun and enjoyment that these guys who made this did. I mean, entertainment is supposed to lift your burdens. It's supposed to make you feel good. It's supposed to, it's supposed to, you know, entertain you. It's supposed to lighten your load. It's not supposed to add to the things that you need to worry about. It's not supposed to add to the things that. Well, that is. Awful. That's a shame. Uh, so speaking of newer stuff, speaking of newer stuff, did, uh, did the latest season of stranger things meet your bars? Was it entertaining? Um, the latest se- season of stranger things is actually better than the first two seasons. Wow, I did not expect to hear that. I. I sincerely, I did not expect you, you to say that. No, no, I neither did I. <laughs> wow, I, I would like to hear more. I would like to subscribe to your podcast. <laughs> oh no, shoot, I'm on it. Dang it! <laughs> I, I am legitimately surprised that they did much better with this uh, season. I don't, I don't know, and I didn't check, and I'm not going to check. I don't know if they cut out a couple of episodes, and so they didn't have to stretch it as long, or if they just got better at finding things for characters to do that were actually interesting and yet integral to the plot. Um, but they did it. Um, and pretty much the plot held together. And, and they 
stop for a brief period of right before the final climax and say, you know, this is what happened. So the audience knows. And it makes sense. Within the universe they've set up, you're like, oh, yeah, that all makes sense. I can see how this and this and that happens. Um, so I don't want to spoil any of it because it's just so if you like Stranger Things, if you enjoyed them, you will really enjoy this season. Um, the, That's great to hear. I, I loved I loved the first season. The the nostalgia, the fun synth opening theme and and the the weird setting. <laughs> I, I I I I pretty much liked all of the first season. And and the second which let me watch the second season, I think as pretty universally um, thought of as not as good, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was, the first season at least was a really cool show. Um, this season is set in 1985. At one point they go to see a uh, callback to an earlier episode on this show. They go to see Dawn of the Dead, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead in the theater, which is pretty cool. Uh huh. And then they also go to see Back to the Future. <laughs> so you get footage from both of those films and it's it's a nice bit of nostalgia. Uh one of the chicks that's on the show, one of the main characters, is Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman's daughter. Uh which I didn't know there was such a person to have existed before now. I don't know how I missed the existence of this person for like 20 years, but or 18 years or whatever, but apparently that's a real person. Really? (laughs) Yes. Um, There were uh, for people who are in the general circles that I travel in now, um, there are going to be some things about the show that will probably irritate them. And that's fine. I understand that. And I'm not saying that's bad or whatever, but the show is entertaining. Um, and they've got some real bad guys in the show who are actual bad guys who are not like, they're not the usual bad guys you expect nowadays. Okay. Um, that's kind of a nice change of pace. I'm trying to think of anything that I can say to make it, um, without spoiling it. Yeah. Without spoiling it. Cause there are just some things that I think that it, when you hit them, there'll be pleasant surprises and you'll be like, Oh, that's cool. Um, you get a little jolt of pleasure. I don't want to, nab that away from you. Um, I'm not saying these are big, you know, uh, M. Night Shyamalan plot twists. Um, I will say for most of the show, Hopper, uh, he's the David, what's his name, who was the new um, Hellboy. Um, is that right? Huh? Mike Magnola's comic, Hell... Don't know that one. Oh man, Guillermo del Toro did two movies with him, uh, or did two movies about this character. I can't remember it now. Um, anyways, he plays the sheriff, right? The big guy who's perpetually unshaven, who became seven uh, or eleven's adopted father. Right. Um, he's just insufferable most of the show. Uh, but, uh, he gets a redemption, gets a redemptive moment at one point in the show. And that's actually kind of nice. Oh, that's an interesting change in the first two, uh, the first season in particular, he's the only competent person in the show. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really nice to, yeah, every time his character showed up, everything pretty much got better. The, uh, he really, the character really needed to learn either a Mozambique drill or two to the chest, 
face gets the rest. Um, that was kind of, that would have solved a big problem way early on. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, somebody says of one of the bad guys, he's basically Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they're not lying. When you hear that line, I don't think they emphasize that line enough. I don't think they hit that hard enough. The character is basically an uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or what you would expect Arnold Schwarzenegger to play. He's big. He's tough. He's muscly. He is apparently almost impervious to pain. Um, He is... Just almost unstoppably. Very scary. Perfect. I like it when Arnold is the villain. (laughs) I just, I enjoyed the show. It was a lot of fun. It's only 10 episodes. um, And it did drag a bit in certain places, but they didn't have any filler episodes. Cool. There were no episodes where they just sat down and marked time for an entire hour. Every single episode moves the stories forward. And there's like three separate threads that run through the series that sometimes cross, but mostly stay separate until the end when they all come together right before the uh, climax. I, I tell you how much I like the show. This is a good example. I always watch television on my computer to my right while I'm playing video games on my TV in front of me. And so I'll be listening to characters talk and sound effects and stuff and occasionally looking over to watch uh, the show. Uh, The visuals were so great. And I was enjoying the show so much that I stopped playing my video games and turned on Netflix on my TV and watched it there on my TV. And I almost never do that. You had to give it your undivided attention. Yes. Hey, so personal question. Do, Do we have your undivided attention right now? Is Is this gab that important to you? I've never played video games during the gap. Oh, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. Ever. I'd, I'd, I'd hate to know that at any point in the past we've received anything less than the full war pig. Um, so yeah, I, I did enjoy it. <laughs> and if you liked, if you like Stranger Things, you'll definitely like this season. It's a step up. Um, the story is, Solid. They did a really good job. I was I was impressed. Well, cool. Maybe I'll have to do what most people do and get Netflix for a month so I can uh, watch that show. Because I did like the first two seasons. Now, let me ask you a question. Did you know that the uh, third season of The Man in the High Castle was out? No, I hadn't even heard of it. They haven't. They haven't. Uh, last season, they, they advertised it everywhere, and this time, I didn't even hear about it. I haven't like, I haven't watched it, but it, I mean, it's been out for like almost two years now. Seriously? Yeah. I've been huh. meaning to watch it. I keep on wanting to watch it, but I'm. I, I think I got it. two episodes into the second season. You know, I started the second episode when I realized that it was, it was just going to drag for 13 hours. I just, I quit. There's no reason to watch that show. It's unfortunate because whether it sticks close to um, whether it sticks close to the source material or not, uh, it is a killer premise that I, I think is kind of being squandered. Absolutely. You were talking earlier about the Black Sheep Squadron and how the setting and the characters created a perfect situation for uh, a, a, a comedy a situation comedy or action and drama right yeah the man in the high castle has the perfect science fiction escapist setup you've got alternate realities alternate histories uh, and and they're that are interacting with with each other and you get to view uh, a time 
in the past, a time period in the past through a different lens. And you get to sort of explore what might come out of those changes. What might the world look like? And that's a great premise. You can, you can have, I mean, yeah, maybe it's a little navel gazing, but it's, it, you can have lots of cool ideas come out of that, uh, and, and replay conflicts in different ways. Well, and, and the part I loved the most was like when one character would see themselves in these movies and they were almost completely different. Or they would learn secrets about another character in the movies. I mean, you could do so much stuff with that. Mm. Oh. Uh, yeah, they the, the writers didn't know what they were doing. Like they knew how, they they wrote a story, but they didn't do the right. They, they didn't do the correct pacing. They didn't do it episodic. They tried to write, you know, a thirteen-hour movie. They um, the characters. There were too many characters. That, that didn't hold interest. Yeah, they, they really, yeah, they, they, they messed up on that one. That's too bad. So here's the thing that I, um, it's something I've noticed about the best, uh, fantasy and sci-fi movies. And it's, so it's something that is a firm, um, a firm guideline of mine, uh, almost an article of faith, uh, almost an article of faith. I've written this down in my list of rules. If you come up with a cool concept and you're going to write a story that involves this cool concept, you need to exploit the hell out of your concept. You need to not just use it kind of, uh, you know, casually or, or um, just superficially, just a little bit shallowly. You need to get into your concept, think about ways you can really use it, find one great way of using it, and then find a different great way of using it that'll surprise the audience and find another great way of using it and keep on digging until there's nothing left. Just so, um, cause man, nothing will thrill an audience more and having a great concept that keeps on coming back to them in new and entertaining in different ways over the course of a TV series or over the course of a uh, of a movie. And and I will say this: Sliders may have gotten terrible in the last couple of seasons, but they really tried their hardest. To exploit that concept. Wow, that's a show I haven't heard of in a long time. Yeah, they they started off real strong, and they just, you know, reality, alternate reality of the week, go. Yeah. You can't miss with the concept like that. So, and, and they tried to exploit it. I mean, sure, some of the shows were kind of dumb. Some of the episodes were kind of dumb. I admit that. And then once they got into the photocopy of the week where they just find whatever movie was popular and make a, an episode basically copying it, that was when the show went downhill. But they, they had at one point Neanderthals who had survived and they had formed a big army and were invading other worlds because they had sliding technology too. Okay, that's really bizarre. But yeah. That's exploiting the hell out of your, your uh, at least you're working hard to come up with new ideas. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that's not. But you're you're doing the thinking, the kind of thinking you need to do to exploit that idea. Absolutely. So, yeah. It's, it's, so it's really sad that uh, it's really sad that Man in the High Castle didn't. That's okay. Nothing lasts forever, especially not TV shows. So do, uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, do we want to call it for today? I think, I think we've spent all the terrible TV shows we've watched lately. And the great ones. Yeah. 
I tell you what, when I get off the show here, I'm going to go back and watch another episode of uh, a Black Sheep Squadron, man. I just, if they keep up this quality, it just, so Yeah, awesome. I'm going to have to look into that. That that sounds really great. And Stranger Things as well. Thanks for, for giving us your expert review. Yeah. I sincerely was shocked how good it was. Cool. Well, I'm I'm done for today. It was always uh, great to chat with you uh, about the new stuff and the old stuff. Would you ever so kindly send us off? All right. I want to thank, uh, despite the very, very short notice everybody had, I want to thank Brad for uh, coming in and uh, joining in the chat and participating. And we also want to thank uh, Gwen um, for jumping in right at the end. <laughs> Sorry, we're on our way out, um, but we are. Uh, but if you really want to know, um, Stranger Things Season 3 we thought was good. Um, Man in the High Castle Season 2 was not good. Um, and I was uh, I'm a big fan so far of the 1970s uh, World War II show Black Sheep Squadron about a... Uh, Fighter pilot squadron full of misfits, uh, black sheep, and uh, fighting in the Southern Pacific. Um, and I, I just, I'm loving the heck out of that. So by all means, check it out, folks. Um, thanks to everybody who's going to be listening to this uh, later uh, or on iDevices or Android devices. We're available on YouTube.com slash GeekGab. That's, again, YouTube.com. Slash Geek Gab, we're available on the iTunes Store, we're available on the Google Play Store, and we're available on SoundCloud.com. Just do a search for Geek Gab, and you can find us in all those places. You can listen to us on the Internet, or you can download it and listen on the device of your choice. Also, we do this show about once a week, about the same time here on uh, Saturdays. So if you want to listen live and join in the live chat, by all means, we uh, we welcome the participation. We are leaving you for today. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.